Want to start your own podcast? Anchor makes it super easy. Here's what you need to know about Anchor. Most importantly, it's free. Second, there are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to numerous platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a quality podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or visit anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the WTF podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. Welcome to another episode in a series of collaborative episodes with Future Females Invest. FFI is an angel investment organization that invests in building sustainable and profitable businesses that have a big impact on society. They invest primarily in African women and in businesses with an African focus and impact. Joining me today is Aisha Tagali, co-founder of FFI. Aisha and the other co-founder of FFI, Tori Abiola, joined me in the WTF podcast several months ago. So check out that episode, season two, episode 12, How Future Females Invest is Closing the Financing Gap for African Women. Also joining me today is Raisa Gabriels, a modern service consultant, a management consultant at Microsoft South Africa, specializing in digital transformation and global lead for diversity and inclusion coaching, among other things, and most importantly, the co-founder of Level Finance. Level Finance is a holistic daily money management platform that provides employees with access to earned income, including the ability to manage financial wealth through planning, budgeting, and saving, all before payday arrives. Grace and Aisha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. So welcome, Lorica. Welcome, ladies. So I got into a little bit about what Level Finance is. So Raisa, if you don't mind just introducing yourself and what led you to create Level Finance, what problem are you solving? Right. Um, So so I think you've done the introduction. I am Raisa Gabriels, um, based in South Africa. And um, there's, 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 there's... I would say that level finance has been in the making from a really, really, really young age. And I think it was, there were so many events that happened within my life that kind of got me to the point. So entrepreneurship was never something I ever thought I would get into, I ever considered, because I felt like if I had to do something like that, it has to be something that I'm extremely passionate about. And um I've been a corporate save most of my life or most of my my working career. And um, there was a couple of events. So like two years ago is when I came across the the problem. Um, My domestic worker, um, we have what we consider loan sharks in South Africa. We call them mashwanisas, right? Um, She borrowed money. Um, She's like close to 70 years old. Uh, She lost her daughter, raises her grandchildren, um, borrowed money from a loan shark. Um, He confiscated her ID, um, started threatening her. She had to leave her home um, because she couldn't pay back the interest on the loan amount that she took, which was like 50%. 
um, and basically came to me and I was like, okay, this is a problem and we need to, we need to, we need to work on a solution. Yeah. So how would you like to get paid? Would you like to get paid weekly, like, you know, bi-weekly, clearly you're running out of money and what is, what are those issues? But it brought me back to some of my own childhood experiences. So I grew up in apartheid South Africa in a township um, with where most families and of my parents, we, we depended very much on uh, both incomes within our household. My dad was a tradesman and he used to get paid weekly. And my parents were never in debt when I actually thought about it and reflected on it. And that narrative changed dramatically when my dad got back into a monthly pay cycle. So he would float our household with any emergency expenses or sudden, you know, expenses that came up and would actually help by budgeting and planning and saving so that he could help my mother pay the bills at the end of the month. And I was, you know, based on those experiences, I was like, there must be a solution to, to, to this kind of problem. Um, and I started doing some research and I found the, the, the concept of the term earned wage access that started in the US uh, by a company called PayActive and there's even as well. And immediately I was like, this is something I could do. Um, and that is where the problem started and where it really started. I got into, we entered an, uh, 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 an incubator competition called Alpha Code, which is backed by one of the largest um, financial institutions and groups in South Africa called RMI. We got shortlisted um, from 300 applications to 32 and eventually uh, pitched to a group of eight CEOs amongst 200 people, one of the most daunting experiences I've ever had. Um, and actually one of the eight startups that were chosen for grant funding to take this idea and build a business. And that's kind of the journey, the start. So, you know, that concept of people running out or having more months than money is a universal problem. So while you were addressing that in your specific context in South Africa, it's a problem that people have all over the world where sometimes the money just runs out before the month does and the bills and everything else that you're responsible for keeps on coming. So tell us a little bit more about how this actually helps with to solve that problem. Right. So there's, there's, there's a couple of things and like, you know, if you just look at the, the history of income, I mean, prior to the industrial revolution, people used to get paid daily. And with the industrial Re revolution, that narrative changed and it was really focused on alleviating the administration burden on organizations as they grew and scaled. The other part was, if you look at, you know, where did unsecured, when did lending start happening? It kind of started happening in that same period as well. To give you context in South Africa, you know, the, the debt to income ratio is, uh, so income grew by 1% over four years um, and, and, and uh, growth inflation grew by 19%. So there is a major gap between, you know, um, earnings and growth inflation as well, right? And what people are doing is they're borrowing 
to get through the month. And then there's another concept referred to as the payday millionaire effect. So people get their income um, on payday, they splurge and spend money that they don't really have, and then run out of money and need to borrow to get through the month. So they either float themselves through an overdraft, a credit card facility, or in the communities I come from, they borrow from loan sharks. And this is a very much a global problem. We're not only seeing this in South Africa, I mean, within Africa alone. I mean, if you look at, you know, 54% of um, female-headed households in Africa, right? We talk about, um, in South Africa, we talk about 7.8 million women that, you know, run female-headed households as well. And I've had some shocking stories. I mean, and we, we talk about where does the problem actually start? And um, it's kind of going to allude to one of the additional services we want to, we're going to, we're going to introduce. I don't want to give too much away, but the big problem is the first three months of anyone ever getting the first paycheck ever. That is where the fundamental problem and the debt cycle actually starts. So Raisa, you are solving a specific part of the problem, which is people running out of money before the month ends, right? But I think if you back it up, there's a larger problem behind it, which is about financial management, right? So how are you embedding support for that in addition to the service that you're providing in helping people to bridge the gap? So Part of it requires education and sensitization, as they say, about how to manage money so that it lasts, so that you're not constantly in this loop of debt, right? Where you're running out and not able to cover your expenses. So how or whether or not Level is also addressing that part of the problem for the people that you're serving with this particular intervention. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of things and we look at it. There is no silver bullet approach here. There's, 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 there's a couple of levers that we have. So besides access to earned income, um, the other part of it is, um, you know, how do we get individuals to build up emergency funds, right? Um, and the first thing is, you know, like, how do we, it's getting out of debt. So that's the priority is getting out of debt and then focusing on building emergency in, in, um, funds and then setting some sort of financial goals and working towards savings, right? The biggest problem in South Africa, and I'm imagining that this happens globally as well, is that, and I'll, I'll talk about my experience and a lot of the people that we've, we've spoken to as well, is there's a lot of shame that comes with um, not being able to manage your finances and your money. So parents never have these conversations ever amongst the kids, amongst their families. They never problem solve together. It's those conversations are always behind closed doors, right? So that financial kind of literacy where the fundamental starts and that is within the home is something that kids are never exposed to, right? And 
if you look at the basic literacy, the financial literacy of most of the users of our, our, our that use our service, is at a very, very, very low basis, right? Um, they understand the concepts of budgeting, okay? They understand certain things, but it's also the bigger issue is, you know, um, and it's a lot of socioeconomic issues as well, is that people who, who've never had and suddenly are given without that basis of education and understanding and, and skills to manage it at the youngest age become really irresponsible. And it's, it, it's the beginning, it's the start, and it, it kind of spins out of control, you know, and it's, and the, the, especially in South Africa, you see this, you know, where it's um, suddenly a financial institution tells you, you qualify, you who never, ever had anything, you qualify for a credit card, you've got this credit score. You that can phenomenon this, is not just in South Africa, it's very much here yeah. too in the US where this country runs on credit and that's where, especially at the college age, you get, I remember when I first started college and there was a little table outside, my first card was a discover card. And at, up to that point, no one had ever taught me anything about financial management, anything that I learned along the way, I had to learn on my own. And I got this first card and just started using it without any real understanding of how credit works. And credit is a game. And you have to learn the rules because if you don't understand the rules of the game, you will fail miserably. And that's what happened to a lot of people. So this, this problem that you're solving, while you're solving it in a specific context, it's a much bigger problem that a lot of people, especially if you're coming from certain socioeconomic backgrounds where, you know, how do you learn to manage something that for a lot of people, they've never really had? <laughs> never really had much money to manage, right? And weren't managing it that well. And no one ever taught them how to do it. And so that cycle just keeps going around. And a lot, a big part of money woes is usually not just about lack of money. It's the inability to actually manage money that causes a lot of those woes. So absolutely, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. I mean, you've, you've touched on so many fundamental things in that, um, and it's, you're right. I mean, I don't see this as a South African. I think it is a global problem, and it is a massive problem and a challenge, um, you know, that needs to be, and a, like that needs, that needs to be solved. And, you know, how do we, and, you know, we're talking about behaviors and entrenched behaviors, and we talk about, I would say financial traumas, and I see it as financial traumas that have happened throughout our lives. Um, I remember, you know, like back in the day when I started working, the trendiest thing to do was to have one of those big wallets with all these cards in it, because it kind of like created this idea of you being right. And these are the things and the fundamental shifts and the education and if we if I could get into homes and households to start right there at the most basic level that is what we would do um, so the education part is a big part um, of how we're looking at tackling um, this particular problem 
but really to make it in bite-sized chunks um, really practical. And and then for individuals, because I mean, not everyone, you know, wants to be educated and that's what we've, we've also seen. Not everyone wants to like, is raising their hand and like, yes, we, we, we just want access to pay. We're not interested about the, in the education portion. So we are looking at ways for, you know, using technology to understand the behaviors of our users and give tips and guidance and support um, that they've never had before as well. Yeah. So for the people who are like, okay, I just want the money. I don't need all of this additional information. How do you then message to them that the reason why you need this money is the same reason why you need the information? So it's, it, it's a very tricky thing. And I think the saving grace for us is it's not a B2C, it's a B2B uh, to C, right? So a lot of the employers that we're engaging and working with are really invested um, in, in, in their employees' financial well-being because they see the impact that it has in the workplace. They have to deal with it. They see what it, what it, what it does to absenteeism, to performance, etc. And it's also the shame of going to your manager, your, you know, your payroll and saying, I need, I need, I need some money. Um, so... I think with the employers that we have, we, we, we're driving it, not only, we, so we do pre-assessments, we don't only do it on the financial status, um, we do it at the education level as well, like, you know, what do, do, do people understand how to budget, how to save, how to plan, how to manage money, how disciplined are they? Um, and then we do, like I said, you know, bite-sized chunks of really practical engagement, um, for employees. The spin-off of, of that and, you know, how we try and, and, and really keep a captive audience and, and make sure that they become, they do something with that is we do some sort of post assessments as well, but we try and measure the behavior. So the impact of trading on, how, on, on behavior thereafter as well, right? Um, and for example, you know, if we see really, we, we have like heavy users, we have light users, um, we actually go and check in. So when we see a heavy user, it's like, what, what is the issue? You, are you managing your money more effectively? You, you're still coming back, you know, every single week. Do you need support? Do you need help? Um, and we try and do it in that way. Right now, it's very physical. Um, we want to automate that. But I do believe that... Um, there's certain things about technology that you can do, and there's certain things about behaviors that you need. You need physical kind of engagement, yeah, and intervention. Yeah, so I, Raisa, I would like us to back up a little bit for those of us listening who might not be very clear on what earned income access is. Can you break that down a little bit for us? Sure. So I'll give it, I'll give the South African context, right? Um, so if you've worked for five days legally, that is your earned income. Okay. Instead of waiting for a 30-day pay cycle on our solution in South African, the South African context, you can access 25% of your net income 
before payday, right? So you have to have worked for the for five days of the month or your pay cycle in order to access that. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Okay. So we're going to transition a little bit now to talk about your fundraising journey. You indicated at the beginning about being a part of this accelerator program um, for grant support. Uh, so what has your fundraising journey been like and how has Future Female Invest been a part of that journey? I should just get that. Okay. Um, so the fundraising journey, you know, I, I, I think that one of the biggest, most fortunate things that happened to us is that when we got the grant funding from RMI, um, they they also have first right of refusal, right? And, and I think because our business kind of survived and we survived through the pandemic, in fact, we started seeing an increase in the use of our service during the pandemic as well. Um, they they came back and said, well, you know, when you do raise funding, we, 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 we'd be interested and um, we, we would invest as well. The journey has not that been that easy. I actually, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've done all the research and seeing what percentage of female-owned startups and led startups actually get funding. Um, I, in my mind, thought, you know, this is going to be a lot. It's going to be a smoother process. It's not going to be that difficult. You know, we have RMI backing us. And we started like, you know, talking to VCs um, and angels about a year ago. And my experience of it is like, you know, in South Africa specifically as well, that there's certain um, investors that, you know, focus on specifically females, but there needs to be, I think the requirements for seed round of funding is, 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 is not seed round of funding. It's almost like, you know, a series A. They want they to see real big growth and traction um, as well. And we had a couple of challenges around that. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have a, a debt facility. We had customers, but we could only service it because the money we got, we, we were using for operational expenses and for the servicing of our existing um, companies as um, customers as well. So that that journey, um, you know, when you when you measured so strictly on traction and and getting we, we get signups but we can't facilitate it you need a debt facility um and then speaking to for an emerging market in a in in in, a, in like um you know the earned wage access industry getting debt i mean for such a new industry was also a really big challenge um so it was like you know what do you put first, you know, raising debt and or getting into debt, you know, um, and then go and find the market or get in the market and not being able to service it. So that 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 was my experience specifically of of of, of like some of the investors. But then, sorry, um, then, you know, we, we got introduced to um, another angel investor. Um, and we, we, we like we, we, we still we, we still needed other investors. Um, 
and they put us in touch with uh, the expanded to the angel network, which is future females as well. I was really excited about that because been following their journey in a, in a, in a big way. And when I got the call um, and spoke to um, one of the females, I was I was super excited about it. I mean, it was like, okay, this we'll, we we want this team. And I think it was just organically, the, you know, the, the connection I had um, between the women that I was engaging with, it felt more natural. It really felt like a form of allyship and engagement and mentorship and guidance and it's the stuff that I've never experienced before with all the other investors that I have engaged with. That sounds like a great endorsement for FFI. Aisha, I'm going to allow you to tap in and tell me what about Level Finance? I mean, based on what I now know about Level, it sounds like a great market opportunity. There's definitely a market of people who need these services. What what pulled you in and made you decide that this is a company and an idea that was worth investing in? Thank you, Michelle. That's a really great question. But first of all, I want to say thank you, Teresa. Um, what you've said is really, really important. And that's one of the reasons why we have set up FFI um, in the first place is to create that allyship, is to create that real support network for female founders who are running these incredible businesses that are solving, you know, a real life problem. And I'm just so glad that we can be of, be of service to you and to your team. And so that we can make this journey that is scary, complicated and unknown to you as easy as possible. Um, so I'm really glad that I'm, and I'm really, really glad that we're on this journey together. Um, and one of the reasons why FFI really liked Level Finance, I mean, we really liked Raisa as, as one of the, as the co-founder. She's incredible. Her, her background, her work experience is, is top of the class. It's, it's really, really fantastic. She's everything that you could ask for in a founder. Plus she is charismatic. She's really great to work with. Um, she's eager to learn. You know, she's everything that you want in a founder, absolutely everything. Um, but level finance as a business, um, it's solving a problem. It's solving a, a real problem and a problem that disproportionately affects women. It disproportionately affects overlooked and underrepresented communities. So we're talking, you know, people who are um, in lower socioeconomic groups, lower end of the wage spectrum, um, people from BME backgrounds, um, people who are normally the my, you know the minority or or the most um, discriminated against, um, and this is, and it's a problem that, you know, the wider VC world or wouldn't necessarily look at as being a problem because they wouldn't see it as being a problem because they would never have had to had to have experienced it so it's a problem that people like us have experienced and that we know is a real problem that needs to be solved and also it's um as well as solving a problem there's an opportunity in it and as i often say women make 50 up make up 50 percent of the world but yet we continue to be overlooked 
And this is in a, a real, real example of why we need women leading, uh, leading innovation and thinking of solutions to problems that we face on a daily basis. So thank you, um, Raisa, for solving this problem. Aisha, I have a question for you. You spoke so highly about Raisa and her background. When you're looking for companies to invest in, are you picking, doing, are you also picking a founder as much as you're picking a company to invest in? How important is that? Talk a little bit about that. It's absolutely important. And I guess this is why I can see why um, there is bias. There's unconscious bias, right? Um, And why so little capital goes to women and particularly women of color, because when you're in a room of people that don't look or sound like you, they, they may not be attracted to what you're saying. They may not resonate with what you're saying. Um, for me, the founder is absolutely important. And, you know, FFI, we believe in empowering women. We believe that females aren't the future. They are now. Um, so, the team and the founder is absolutely important, but obviously the business also has to be um, a workable working business. And we meet so many fabulous, fabulous female founders every day. Does, does that answer your question? It certainly does. Now, Raisa, <laughs> tell us about what you've enjoyed so far about being a part of the FFI family and the type of support that FFI has provided to level finance? I mean, there's, you know, it's it's like, where do I start? I think from the very first engagement, um, you know, the very first engagement and I, you know, Aisha touched on something that was, you know, for me, I've I've engaged, we've we've been given term sheets by, you know, listed companies already, um, which is something that never happens. But it was, you know, like not being able to only relate to the problem, but becoming almost as passionate about the problem that you were solving. Um, And I found that, you know, when you engage sometimes with different investors, it's all about, you know, the, it's all about the monetary bottom line. But with FFI, you know, besides that, it was really about the socioeconomic problem, understanding that and almost becoming as equally passionate about the problem that we're trying to solve together. Um, And for me, you know, I always wondered what kind of individual I would become and by turning down like a big investment from a private equity whole company as well, um, you know, really reaffirmed for me about how important it is to work with people and have the right investors who are not only want to, you know, not only looking at the financials, but are really focused on the, the bigger problem that's been solved. For you, how important is it to find what you consider to be the right investors? And, you know, it was, it, 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 it's, it's a learning experience. It's only something that I've, I've gone through in the past 12 months. Um, I've never been exposed to it before. Um, but I, you know, we, 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 did, we did have an experience um, you know, with um, private investors as well. Um, and I think it's the fit, you know, someone asked me, you know, like my mentor, three questions, you know, um, would you hire them? 
would you report to them and would you work with them? And if you can't say yes to any of those three questions, it's not the right fit. And I, I think that only, you know, I this is a business and we want to grow and we want to make as much impact. But also, um, I didn't realize that it, for me, it was it was really about the bigger problem that we're solving. You know, as long as we're passionate and we, we, there's always money to be made, but it's getting to the root cause. And the closer we get to the root cause of the problem, um, and the closer we are to the problem, um, there's there's many other things we can do to make money. But that for me was really really important, and I've definitely found that as well. Yeah. There's a saying that not all money is good money. And when you're taking on investors, I think it's it's important to make sure that there is alignment in terms of core values. Um, because this is a marriage, it's a long-term relationship. And so you have to make sure that, I like those three questions that you talked about. Um, and I think those are great considerations for people who are founders and co-founders who are seeking money to think about Aisha. Do you want to weigh in? I would love to weigh in because this is what I always say to any of the female founders that are raising money is it's, it's like entering a marriage. So really be sure on who you're, who's going to be co-investing with you because they're going to own up your company. They may, depending on the term sheet, also have a deciding vote. They may also have decision-making powers within your company. So even if you think you're giving away 1% of your company or less than 1% of your company, you need to be sure of who you're giving that to. And um, that's one thing that I've enjoyed with Raisa. I mean, there was a point when we were all like, is she going to pick us? Is she going to pick us as one of her investors? Um, but I totally understood her, her journey and her thinking behind it and really appreciated her questioning of us as well. And that made me even more reassured as an investor because she was asking the right questions of us. And that made me now, that makes me now even comfortable with all the other investors because they've gone through the same questioning as, as we have. So um, you've got a good bunch of investors, Raisa. Well done. Thank you, I think so too, thank you. I think it's important um, for people to think of investment as not just transactional, it's very much relational. It's a relationship and you have to make sure that it's a relationship that you want to be in. So as we start to wrap up this conversation, Raisa, tell us a little bit more um, about where we can find more information about Level Finance and what's next. Okay, so um, you can find, um, we, we, we have a couple of handles um, on, on different social media pages. So we're on LinkedIn, we're on, uh, we are on Instagram, Twitter, as well as Facebook. And um, our website is www.levelfinance.co.za. Um, and there's, 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 uh, there's, there's additional um, interviews and stuff like that's done by Heavy Chef as well. So I've done some really great, um, they become like a family, a team that I do, I do interviews with as well. And um, what's next? I think it's, it's just the beginning. 
I, you know, we, we, for us, it was really about product market fit. Um, and it was really about the problem that we are solving. And we much closer to that particular problem now than ever. Um, I think that, you know, with the investors we have um, and, and the diversity in the, in the investors, I just can't wait to, to get into it. Um, I think that, you know, this is not a South African problem. This is an African problem. And um, so for me, it's, 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 it's South Africa. Um, it's the rest of Africa. And really about like changing this narrative and, 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 and focusing not only on, um, you know, we talk about, you know, the best kind of value for shareholder value is customer value. So, for, and for me, that is really, really important. Um, yeah, and that's, that's it. Thank you, Raisa. And I would also like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for another episode of the WTF Podcast. If you would like to be a guest or sponsor the podcast, please contact us at wheresthefunding at gmail.com, where to find us. We are on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your your podcast. Help us grow, listen, subscribe, stream, rate, download, review, all that great stuff, and follow the podcast on Instagram at Where's the Funding Podcast. Ladies, it was a pleasure. Aisha, any final words? No, thank you, Michelle, for hosting us. Thank you, Raisa. And I just look forward to seeing what's next with Level Finance and, and watching you continue to access funding and continue to raise money for this incredible business that is going to scale beyond South Africa. Absolutely. And so for listeners who might need this type of service, make sure that you go level up with Level Finance. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. <laughs>